0: Hi, Gary Stone from Sharewell Systems here. Sure, you may be trading stocks, ETFs, CFDs, futures, or even cryptos and FX, but how do you invest the money that really counts, including your retirement savings? Do you do it yourself? Or do you feel you lack the strategies and confidence and have instead entrusted your retirement to a managed fund or financial advisor? Or to somebody else to grow and protect your biggest investment? Go to sharewellsystems.com and download a case study that dissects a real money portfolio, which has achieved a return of double the ASX 200 Accumulation Index since January 2016. Sharewell Systems is proudly powering the spotty Your Call Hour right here on Ticker.
1: well Hello and welcome to Australia's Hour of Investing Power. This is Spotty streaming to you live in lockdown from Melbourne town. But no amount of being indoors is going to stop us shining the light on shares, and we're going to do so by answering your questions live on air. So, how do you ask your questions? I hear you ask. Well, you can text Dexter. He's waiting for your questions. 0480 uh, is that number there. Or you can email us at question at spotty.com. Dot au And of course, those contact details will appear at the bottom of the screen throughout the show. I'll also provide timely reminders, but as I keep saying, put it into your phone and that way it allows for easier questions uh, to be asked when you have them into the future. So let's bring in today's chief spotters, starting with me. Yes, that's right. So uh, uh, in what's been a busy, uh, and of course the last week of reporting season, fundamental analysts are a little thin on the ground. So given I don't really have a day job, I thought I might as well fill in. So who am I? Well, I'm the MD of both Spotty and Daylight Financial Group. I've been in this caper now for close to 20 years, most of that with uh, Lincoln Indicators, and uh, I've branched out to follow a real passion to make investing accessible to all, right up and down the wealth accumulation progress chain. So as of yet, I'm still building out uh, my business, and of course you'll receive regular updates here on the program uh, when I've got something to say. Not that I uh, actually have that uh, at the moment. Uh, As we wait for our second guest getting set up uh, because uh, he just has another client event prior to uh, turning up to this session, uh, I'll just give you a reminder that uh, the information in today's show is of a general nature only. None of it takes into account your financial objectives, situations or needs, and therefore should you decide to act on any of this information, you need to do so in light of your own personal circumstances. Yes, past performance is no indicator of future performances. I'm sure you've heard a thousand times over. And remember, if you wish to speak to anyone other than your significant uh, other in life about any of the content in this show today, then you need to do so with an advisor who's licensed to do so. Now our next guest has joined us uh, actually. It's an old mate of mine and uh, we're going to get a, get it on together again like we used to do many times before over the years. It's David Hunt from the Profit Hunters Group. G'day David, how are you doing? Hey Leo.
0: How are you? Good to see you. Yeah,
1: good. Thanks, mate. Hopefully I don't drag you down on this. I'm a little rusty uh, you know, getting back on the tools after a while as, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, it brings its own challenges, of course. But uh, uh, let, let's learn a little bit about the man who's going to be carrying me for the next hour. Uh, David, tell us a little bit about yourself, your experience, and also, um, you know, the company that you founded all those years ago, uh, Profit Hunters Group, who continues to help uh, heaps of investors today.
0: Yes. Well, my background was in corporate treasury. I started off as an economist and uh, then moved into uh, corporate treasury in about 19, uh, 1983, 1982, at the depths of the depression and, in <laughs> fact, a recession. It was a terrible time. I got a job and uh, I was so pleased as a kid. Um, I wasn't quite like the kids of you know the last few years, millennials who believed that $100,000 was the minimum starting point for doing your nails. <laughs> and uh, it, was, it was really tough then. And then it got tough in the 1990s. Uh, I was uh, responsible for Qantas's management of foreign exchange. I was also a hedger in interest rates for a, a, a company called Ossat, which was Australia's satellite company, which formed the basis for Optus. And then, uh, then after that, I moved into Macquarie Bank, bank proprietary trading. And so I was able to trade anything that I wanted. And during that time, I learned about technical analysis. And I found that economics was okay, but it was historic. I wanted to look forward and look forward where the market was going. So I started to learn technical analysis, the works of W.D. Gann, some esoteric work, uh, Elliott Wave. And so I put together all of my theories together, and I got to actually use it hedging the company's money and also then trading macquarie bank's money which was a which was a ton of fun i i I had a lot of a lot of latitude i didn't have to go into the office i could trade from home because the internet was starting up from there and i'd i'd sit on sometimes sit i'd often if i was in the office in macquarie bank 20 bond street i'd go in and sit with the foreign exchange I get bored with that, and I'd sit in the legal department. Uh, they had I had a desk there, and so it was kind of fun. So I could see what was going on with the the Hills Motorway and all those sort of big transactions. Macquarie Group was doing. Uh, it was it was a great time. Uh, then I moved to funds management, uh, managing a billion dollar, a four billion dollar uh, treasury bond uh, bond fund, as well as uh, managing the overlays for the exposures to equity. So I'd hedge using the share price index futures. I think the market would be topping and bottoming. I'll use those futures. And uh, so my my background has been fairly diverse. And then what I found was I, I'd learned enough about technical analysis that I could spot who was good as good as a trader and actually bring out the best traders in the world. And uh, from there, I learned a lot about short term trading, long term trading, trading commodities, trading bonds, uh, trading equities and uh, brought that together in a desk, which was an educational program, uh, educational. And then people kept on asking me to put to put my views into the financial review, which I did. I managed to pick the bottom within a week of the, uh, the GFC low and also call the, the market most of the way down from 2007 uh, to John Vasilyev, and, and uh, he who was a, a journalist in the financial review. Uh, and early, early November, I said, that's it. The market's topped. It's going down. And those sort of things, which is nice because I work off a forecast. And each year I work from the forecast, for example, I was looking for a top in mid February uh, for it to fall at least for at least two weeks quite hard. It ended up being about a month worth of falls, just over a month worth of falls. So I use the forecast as a guideline. So far, my forecast has been doing pretty well because we've been looking for the rally. And uh, now we're moving into a stage where uh, a bit of a balance, balance coming in. So I like to forecast the market rather than look back as most economists do. Uh, so I'm, I'm using longer term cycles. And so my, my approach is technical analysis with longer term cycles, a bit of market psychology, understanding how people think with an eye to what the central banks are doing. And unfortunately, they're the 800 pound gorilla in the market. Uh, they certainly act irrationally, they act badly, they act poorly. Uh, they act on behalf of governments the reason that we're seeing this big rally in the moment is that uh, that we're seeing in the u.s is because the Federal Reserve wants Donald Trump to not to have an easy move into the election not that they probably want Donald Trump in there because general of them generally they're on the on on the different side of politics for Donald Trump but the easy money and the buying of ETFs the equity etFs and pumping money into the system has really made it um, it, they want to make a smooth transition for the the president. They don't want to have any financial ructions as we saw in March. And so they've tried to smooth the way, which is a normal reaction in election year cycle. Next year, the fun really begins.
1: All right, then. And of course, you can stay abreast of uh, all that fun at Profithuntersgroup.com.au if you're interested. <laughs> David will often have various different little specials uh, on the go, so be sure to Leave your details there. Uh, for the next hour, Spot is proud to be powered by our sponsor, ShareWealth Systems. And since 1995, ShareWealth Systems have helped investors protect and grow their share portfolio with a rules-based investing approach. that gives them an edge over others. If you wish to learn more about the team powering our spotlight and how you too can be the tortoise and win the race of investing life, then please go to their website, ShareWealthSystems.com and be sure to read all the relevant information before making any investment decision. All right then, so it's time for us to go into questions now. Um, David, uh, the first one we've got is Nanasonics. Now, uh, Greg has actually sent this through. It's a company that's reported this morning, A share price wobbled um, on the uh, back of uh, actually delivering its results. And Greg, I'll preface my, pre- my initial comments by saying it's still too early to really look at the numbers, obviously. So my comments are gonna be based on the very first read of what the company delivered, uh, which was revenue of uh, $100 million, which was actually slightly below expectations, though it was an increase of close to 20% on the previous year. Uh, Net profit came in at around $10 million. Again, that too was below consensus. And it was actually a decrease in net profit, which was a combination of a number of different reasons, mainly the higher research and development spend that the company is engaged in, as well as limited hospital access. Of course, you've got to remember these sort of med tech business, which Nanosonics is. For those that don't know, actually, Nanosonics, uh, their main product is what is called Trophon. It's a disinfectant tool. And obviously, suffice to say, it's a tool that's been in pretty um, strong demand. And the market was expecting a very strong result because of that. But ultimately, you can only sell when the hospitals are open to take your product in. And we learned that, that's the co- that it's been difficult for them to do that, particularly in the US, uh, which is where the majority um, of their uh, sales come from in the North America region now so far this financial year the trend has continued that is the slower sale rate which is probably why you've seen the sharp sell-off in the price today uh and you know their distributed ge healthcare um, is also expected to reduce their purchases accordingly so ge buy the product off nanasonics then ge go out and then they distribute it and sell it but obviously if the hospitals aren't buying anything they're going to be doing um uh less of that so it's important to remember The good news is they're making a bucket load of cash um, at the moment um, and their consumables is still doing well. They're the replacement bits relating to the machine. So that was also a good thing. It's a great technology. Personally, I can't help but feel it's like it is actually an opportunity at this point. It got quite aggressive on that sell off, So now I'll go to David in regards to price levels. David, what do you make of Nanasonic's price action today? NAN is their code, of course.
0: Um, What I'd ask you first, Elio, is Mm. a question for you. Do you think this is a mature business or a growing business right now?
1: Look, it's interesting you mentioned that because it's got 50% penetration currently in the US. It's real. The great thing is with any sort of product, and you can just ask our friends at Apple this, is that you just put another number on the end of your name and all of a sudden you've got a new product to sell, which is obviously where they're hoping um, that will be. Those particular unit item sales were down. They're looking to expand a lot into Europe um, and the Middle East, that's their next major growth engine. Notwithstanding, they should be able to still achieve some growth into North America as well. Are they? An afterpay where there's absolute blue sky? No, they're not. They're a proven technology. They've got a footprint yep. um, in hospitals, uh, particularly in the US, but they're looking to expand that in other places around the world. So that's their growth engine. But yeah, are they, you know, that sort of um, silly nosebleed type of growth stock? No, they're not.
0: Yeah, at, at the moment, um, I'm I'm looking at this and it, it's smelling much more like a uh, growth, uh, like a, a, a mature stock right now. Yeah. So. The actual price action that I'm looking at here is showing basically a distribution pattern. Um, The news wasn't quite as good as everyone expected. Even if the news was better than expected, I think it still would have come off because everybody's expecting it to do well. So my problem with this stock is it's starting to show signs of maturity and distribution. So looking down towards $5.31, uh, I don't think it's going to pop much out of the range of the $4 area below $4, which it panicked down towards back in uh, March this year. So I, I think you'll find it's, it will spend a, a fair bit of time moving sideways uh, to down, maybe up to $7 and down to $5.30, certainly no deeper than $4. As you say, it's mature, mature. with 50% penetration in its business area, then it's going to start getting some competition in what it's doing. Uh, and you know, it, it doesn't take much to dislodge that. So I'd say it's a mature business with low up low upside potential, but probably, as you say, making some cash, you get some dividends. Sounds as if it's in the US, so you're not going to get much franking if 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 um, what I'm hearing is correct. Uh, so I'd kind of I'd kind of be happy to sit, sit down and buy some at $5 and 30 cents as an investor with a stop loss below five bucks. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it disappears down $5, I'd sit there again at $4. Uh, On the weekly charts, we're seeing what I call a death rattle. It's not quite the death rattle that I want to see, but a close below $5.80 is a disturbing thing for Nanasonic shareholders. And I'd then be looking to $5.47 short term and $5.31 in the longer term. At the moment, it's kind of dazed, confused, lazy. Management's probably getting a little bit lazy, I would say. I'd say I don't know how the management are, but I'd say they've been around for a while. They might need a bit of a kick in the bottom because they're starting to 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 reap the benefits of what they've of the efforts they've put in before. So they're getting a bit fat and lazy and that's a mature business to me. So I wouldn't be looking for it to shoot the lights out.
1: Yeah, Well, Greg wasn't lazy, he took some of the uh, uh that price drop today and uh snapped some up, but obviously, those price levels will be something now that he'll be watching moving forward. So, thank you, David, and
0: thank you, oh, Greg, you for your question. Um, sorry. Oh, sorry, did, did you get a report on him buying today, Elio? Did you? Sorry, what was that? Did you get a, him, a report on him buying today? Did you? Uh, it yes,
1: I did. Yes. Yeah, he uh-huh. did say he That's snapped up some. Yeah, he snapped some up on the uh, pullback. And okay. yes, as you know, spotty viewers are smarter than yep. the average bear, David. So uh, good news uh, <laughs> there, hopefully. Look, let's go to the next question. It comes from Peter. It's a question he's asked before, but obviously it's front of mind because he keeps raising it. So we best answer it, David. Uh, WiseTech, WTC, uh well-known logistics software um, seller. Look, they obviously released their results and uh, their share price popped on the back of that. Let's start with the bads in regards to what it was there. And I don't know, look, when I looked at it, margins were squeezed though, you know, when you got a gross margin of 80% and an operating margin of 23%, I think giving one or 2% and leaving that on the table, <laughs> that's not gonna really hurt anyone. So look, they're, they're absolutely, you know, running the margins on this really, really well. Um, you know, the it's, it's interesting that the price run up now means that most analysts across the board have actually got it as a whole now rather than the buy. And of course you are paying through the nose for this stock. You've got an EV to sales of 17 times and a forecast PE of 100. Now to give you some context, Afterpay is on a forecast EV to sales of something like 24. So it's almost that Afterpay type of levels. Although, well, still a way off, but obviously it gives you an idea is that you're playing the odds to be part of this. Obviously it's linked to global trade, which so far has held up okay. And the good news that came from the announcement, and I believe the sole reason why you saw the pop in the share price was because they're not going to buy anything for the moment. Obviously, lots of questions being uh, thrown around in regards to their roll up strategy, their land grab as they try to uh, get more businesses and bring them in. Um, you know, this saw profit revisions actually go up, notwithstanding the fact that uh, many have retained their uh, uh, hold uh, view in regards to the business. So I think the run up has occurred uh on good news um and I think you can look it just depends on whether you hold it or you don't now um, by the qu- suggestion there Peter I think you do so I think you can hold in there and just wait and see um what happens I think if you were looking for a possible entry obviously these sort of stocks take a breath eventually and that could be a better opportunity um to get in then but you know really the fact that Richard uh came out Richard White that is came out and said, look, we're gonna sit on our hands for a bit and actually let the company do its bit. I think the market had a real big sigh of relief there. Um, David,
0: just uh, your view in regards to the price uh, for Wisetech, WTC. Okay. Yeah, chart wise, I did I did a whole lot of video for my members uh, on this. So if somebody wants that, send me an email, I can send you that. Um, so on the monthly charts, it's recovered very well since its top in September, 2019, and headed down towards the March, 2020 low, which is basically with every other stock. At the moment, I really think it's done on enough and it should pull back down towards twenty five dollars to twenty seven cents, twenty five dollars and twenty seven cents to twenty two dollars and eighty four cents. So the weekly chart shows some very good volume. However, the pattern in the preceding price action indicates to me it's going to find it very hard to get above thirty dollars. Uh, so maybe it's uh, maybe I'll do that momentarily but I, I'd really wait for a close above $30 and 20 cents to look for $32 on the top side if it's going to continue its ascent at the moment and a breakdown below $26 and 82 cents calls for that rel- retracement down to about $25 so shorter term it's on a bit of borrowed time so I'll put up the charts now for you uh, so you can see what's going on there just get rid of my head hopefully you can see that sorry that's the um, so you can see here it's got some old old levels here I, and when i bring it down to the shorter term time frame it is up a bit today but i don't like it much below that twenty seven dollars so it's kind of around the time where it could have a decent pullback and then find some support down in that $25, twenty five dollar twenty $2.84 area uh, at, at the deepest, that's where I prefer to be picking it up for the next leg up. So at the moment, it's it's a bit bit overloved, too much love.
1: All right then, so let's talk about another stock then, uh, David, that has had a bit of love in recent times. Um, the, and there's a specific question for you. It comes from John on the SMS machine. He'd like to hear your thoughts on Nickel Mines, code NIC. Obviously, nickels come NIC. back into favor on the back of Elon Musk saying that we need more batteries and we need more lithium and nickel and cobalt dug out of the ground. So there's been a, a bit of a <laughs> renaissance in the underlying commodity price and nickel or NIC has ridden on the back of that. So, David, just your uh, views in regards to the chart for NIC, please.
0: Yeah, for me, I'm going to pre- I'm going to um, have a look more at oh, there we go. Um, just when I'm relying on something doesn't turn up Um, I look at uh, I look for my commodity traders I have a section for my commodity traders where we do um, where we I actually put on trades for commodity trades and hedges so I uh, people involved in hedging program and so I look at nickel every every day for my uh, commodity traders and so when I look at the nickel chart I see a good bull I was setting targets at 14,400 in the London nickel market for about two months it got there turned around a little bit and then blew through it so nickel is strong they talk about they want to find green nickel now I don't quite understand what green nickel means maybe the production of it maybe the extraction of it is quite toxic so um, what I what I what I hear from uh, Elon Musk, Musk is he's finding it hard to get green nickel. Nickel mines is a great chart at the moment. It is looking a little bit like the Rio chart where it had a, a couple of highs just up here. Uh, if you can put, put me on there, that would be good. Can you see my charts at the moment? Am I? Um, so what we're seeing here on my charts here is that, that we're getting a top at $0.28, cents, a top at $0.22. Cents. And Rio did this and it hasn't really gone that well compared to its friends Um, It led the charge, but Nickel Mines probably tops out around about that 70 cents area, and then has a breather and a decent pullback down to about 50 cents before going higher. So I like it longer term. I'm finding it a little, maybe it's got a little bit more upside on, on the top side, but I wouldn't like to see it break below 61 cents on, on this, uh, otherwise you'll, you'll end up with a $0.52 cent print or a 50, $0.43 cent print. And I'd prefer to be buying down there at the moment uh, for, for nickel mine. So if you're in it, oh yeah, and you, you can see the daily chart here, uh, it, it's uh, had a little bit of a, a problem. It's now into support. As traders, you could have a, a quick a quick punt looking for a $0.68, cents, uh, 68 cents target with a stop loss below about 63 cents but as a, as an investor uh, i'd be a bit cautious and be looking at ways to ease out take a little bit of profit on those new push to new highs
1: okay thank you david the next question comes from craig who says hi guys i'd love to know your thoughts on get swift code GSW. notice it's earnings seriously don't compare to the share price Comments. Now, obviously, uh, I don't know how old you are, Craig, but I remember GetSwift pretty well. For those who don't know, it's a software as a service for well, delivery management automation. Uh, so basically, if you've got a warehouse that allows you to automate the process of getting it off the shelf, bringing it through, and then distributing it out. Now, the reason why I know this is because it has a little bit of history. It floated back in 2016 at 20 cents, and it actually got to $4 uh, by December, 2017. Uh, It was at that point that it announced that it had won a contract with Amazon. Big deal, right? Well, except that it wasn't actually a deal. It was only a trial of the software. Further to that, the AFR then did some digging around and found out that so were these awarded contracts with fantastic furniture and the fruit boxer Uh, company. So was there a problem? I mean, look, to be honest, what micro cap worth it sold It's not prone to a little bit of puffery, right? Well, after the Amazon announcement, 10 days later, they raised $75 million worth in capital. Now, currently it's in court with ASIC, uh, and in September they got a class action put against them. So what's good? Well, the latest quarterly did show some strong revenue growth, but given the online buying phenomenon, well, I'm going to lean on an old AFL legend, uh, Jack Dyer, when commenting on a particularly sunny day, he looked at one of his players and he said, if you can't mark today, son, you just can't mark. And uh, therefore, it's important to note that if you're going to make money, now's the time. But there is a lot happening in the uh, closet there uh, at the minute. There are some skeletons that are yet to surface or are in the process of doing, the, uh, doing so. John McDonald keeping the uh, the footy theme up is the, Major shareholder, and uh, you know, was one of those high flyers we couldn't read enough about in the AFR, David. And then it all disappeared. Just quickly, your view in regards to GSW because this is a charting one. I'm steering clear from a fundamental perspective.
0: <laughs> yes, um, I was quite surprised surprised to see how it got belted in that 2017 2018 <laughs> timeframe, <laughs> and, and it really hasn't got off the ground. So, and I'm not surprised that ASIC have got involved there. I'm surprised that ASIC don't get involved in a lot of the shenanigans that go yeah, that are obvious to me in a lot of these companies. Yep. But uh, so, yeah, I don't know about other people. Maybe i hallucinate them, but certainly there seems to be a lot of corruption in the companies that we, we cover. <laughs> um, now, I, I, basically... I'm not sure, but clearing through $1 longer term is encouraging, looking for a $1.85. That's my personal beliefs aside from that, that's the charts. And you, I'd use a stop loss below 64 cents if you're buying. It is in an area where I, I thought, geez, this is an area where I've, I thought it should have been running hard, it's simply not. Uh, if it fails to get above $1, which is what I expect, look for a support around about 50 cents, which would be used to ha- useful to have a nibble at with a stop loss below 43 cents um, the weekly charts are basically showing us nothing and I'll just put those up right now uh, so we can all see them and where's my weekly charts here and uh, there we go um, on the weekly charts if you can flash to the, the weekly charts, um, they're showing us nothing and at the moment look for 47 cents or 40 cents that sort of area it is a little bit uh, subdued if you know what I mean is it's falling all over itself in the wrong way needs to clear through 90 cents on the on the uh, on the weekly charts on the daily charts we can see again uh, down towards 60 cents or 53 cents there's just not a lot in it I wouldn't like to see it break 70 cents so if you're holding it 70 cents is your stop-loss you may get a reaction back up to seventy-eight cents as a trader, and you know that kind of be a, a bit a bit fun to play with, but only for a couple of days. So, um, not not something to not something to jump on board and fall in love with on Get Swift, in my opinion.
1: All right, then, David. Quick uh, question from uh, Lucas, actually, who asks, and he's obviously a client of yours because he's asked the question in the format you like. Uh, he says he'd like to know about. Um, uh, NIB Health, the code is NHF, and he's got after it uh, long MTLT, which of course means he is long the stock and he's looking at a medium to long term perspective in regards to uh, NIB, code NHF. So take it away, David. Well,
0: he's actually nailed it with my format, hasn't he, really? Mm, yeah. He has. <laughs> okay, that reported yesterday or the day before, I believe. This is the wonderful thing about reporting season the good ones report early and look out for Friday and Monday where people have to fess up to some cents. So NIB, I think it didn't have a great, uh, a great report down, was it 40% on profit, if, mm. if I remember correctly. Um, so $4.12 is kind of an area, given that it's reported and hasn't been beaten up, I don't mind it down to $4.12, maybe $4.00. So happy, I'd happy to give it a give it a bit of a go down there. Stop loss below $3.80, uh, looking for $6.34. I think uh, I think we've found that uh, people will, f- will stump up a little bit for healthcare and mm. um, probably they're paying out less at the moment because there aren't special elective surgeries going on and hospitals have got a full of empty ICU beds waiting for COVID patients. And they're also been not, not having as much elective surgery. So once that comes back on board, you'll find there'll be a rush. And people say, Okay, well, I really need this elective surgery, which means I can walk, my knees will work or my hips will work again, yeah. people above 60. know the feeling of that. So those <laughs> sort of those sort of uh, those sort of operations will start to come in. And we'll start to see the health funds, um, possibly being more having having to possibly having to pay out a little bit more. But it starts the ball rolling again. People thinking about health, you know, healthcare, and healthcare benefits, and getting getting some higher cover. So look for six dollars and thirty four cents if it's if it if it if it survives. At the moment, it feels like the recent price action over the last couple of months is a correction, and clearing five dollars and fifty cents is a real good tip off that it's going higher.
1: All right then, thank you for that, David. Well, that brings us to the halfway mark, folks, which of course means we have our first see the light section to which we'll be tapping David now for two stocks that he's got on his radar that, you know, yes, obviously we know that share prices can go up and down and therefore we need to go and do our own research in regards to uh, whether these stocks align with our tolerance to risk and whether they meet our own personal investment objectives. Although David had a pretty uh, strong track record in regards uh, to this, particularly that nice little bounce in Qantas, which was uh, quite interesting when he called it way back when. But uh, David, what two stocks would you like to bring on everyone's uh, radar that we can go and uh, see the light on and do our own research to determine whether they're right for us?
0: The two stocks, one is uh, BOE, uh, mm-hmm. which is Boss Resources. Boss Resources. This is uranium stock. Uh, I mentioned this previously it's been not disappointing us it's not not disappointing me i'm holding it uh, you can see the uranium stock uranium price which i covered in the commodities area you can see the uranium swap price it has actually been falling but when we look at boe this is a strong little puppy and is looking for higher Higher levels. I think when we when I first I first recommended it, it was either in the four cents, four and a half cents area to five cents area. I did a couple of times when we started with Spotty, um, and so I like this longer term. I still I'll still maintaining the rage on that one. It's mm-hmm. working nicely in my portfolio. The issue is it's getting close to the eight point seven cents area. So if you did take up some, you might want to take a little bit of profit and raise your stop loss up to around about six cents on this. The second one is a stock called CDM, Cadence Capital. Cadence, yep. And it's it's it, I've been looking at it for a while. I haven't got into this. I haven't made it a profit hunter group trade as a BOE is, but eighty one cents is really the target area on this one. And we're seeing a bit of a bit of a burst of buying. Uh, and, and it's just nudging into that overhead resistance. If it can start getting through that overhead resistance, then it's on its way to $0.81. Cents. If it can get through $0.85, cents, then we're looking at $1.11. It's it's better than I would have thought for a, what's basically a investment company, I believe, Cadence Capital. And so there's something about this that, that really is encouraging. The monthly charts are good. The issue is that there's been a big downtrend and it's actually just in the process of being killed. The bears being killed on this at the moment. Um, So if it gets to 81 cents, uh, I wouldn't buy a lot of, I wouldn't buy a lot uh, before it gets to 81 cents, maybe have a bit of a nibble. Uh, If it breaks 85 cents aggressively buy, looking for $1.11, have a stop loss below 60 cents. If you feel like taking some profit and you're already long, then 81 cents is a good spot. And that would, and then I'd look for a return down to fifty cents, maybe sixty cents, um, for that to for that, bot, and a second bite at the opportunity if it fails at eighty-one cents. So it's uh, it's it, it's certainly got some intriguing, intriguing features on cadence. Of, and BOSS resources. There's a couple of other ones, but we haven't got time for those.
1: No, we might have the master of the show, David. We'll soon see. But uh, remember folks, if you want your questions answered by either David or myself, then those contact details, question at spotty.com.au or text us 0480 079089. Uh, Also remember, go to spotty.com.au if you miss any of our past episodes. uh, Follow me on social media, on Twitter and LinkedIn, or go to Spotty TV on Facebook to keep abreast of what's going on in our world. And yes, of course, all our recordings are available on your favorite podcast channels. But uh, just a quick word from our sponsors, Sharewell Systems. And if you've taken the chance to go and have a look at their websites at uh, Share Wealth Systems, you will see that there's a key message being made throughout the site. And that is that successful investing is a marathon and it's not a sprint, like many speculators may very well be telling you at the moment. In order to win in this uh, race we call investing, we need to actually be the tortoise rather than the hare. And it's something that Sharewealth Systems have been doing for over 25 years now. So please visit their website, sharewealthsystems.com to have a look at all their content on their new website. And remember, though they uh, have a proud, oh though they are a proud holder of an Australian financial services license, if you wish to discuss any of that content with anyone on a personal level, then you still need to do so with an advisor who's licensed to do so. So please make sure you read that information carefully. Um, Also past performance is no indicator of future performance. But uh, as you know, I like to say, you don't end up in this game for over two decades by accident because luck is not a long-term investment strategy. All right then, David, we're going to power through the second half of this show to see if we can get through as many uh, questions as we can. Another specific question Uh, for you relates to Arena Childcare uh, REIT, which uh, their code is ARF. Thank you very much for that comment. And yes, uh, you're welcome for the show. So David, ARF, obviously a little bit different than most normal childcare centre related companies in the sense that they don't actually run the centres. They just own the property from which companies like G8 Education, um, the old Sterling now obviously uh, caught up in there, uh, all those guys that they actually run them from. And we know that that's been a very tough sector operationally. So these guys hold the keys, as it were, but you need the tenants to be making money. So what's the price actually telling you in regards to
0: ARF? Mm, OK. Well, um, it's in a big correction after the big shock from $3.40 down to $1.20. Usually this can take a year or so to work out. So it's not going above $3.40, it's not going below $1.20 because obviously it's lucky enough to own property, which will be uh, of good value, no, no matter uh, who, the, um, who, who is running Australia in the next two years or so. Yeah. So I'd say it's going to be confused and ranging for quite some time you'd look to pick it up down around the one dollar and seventy cents uh look to tip it out around about two dollars and 45 cents to two dollars sorry two dollars and 65 cents not two dollars and 45 cents um, and maybe it gets up to three dollars i won't give it a lot of um i won't give it a lot of uh credence or a lot of lot of lot of cash it's something to play within the ranges topside has come up on the weekly charts to be at that $2.80 area, Uh, that's that's, uh, on here. So up up around that $2.80 area, it's probably the best target I can give. Uh, It's getting close to the $2.65, so I don't expect a lot out of this, although some of the things on the weekly charts are okay. If if you own it on the weekly charts, have a stop loss at $2.10.
1: Okay, Peter and Greg ask about Tyro Payments. Their code is TYR. Now, for those that don't know, they're a payment processing and small business lender uh, provider. Look, they, they just released their result quite recently. And, you know, it was pleasing. I mean, you've got to remember, these guys sell point of sale devices. Uh, they're very much reliant on retail. And then they uh, on-sell other auxiliary uh, processes and products to them, like the lending side of the business. Um, they've also got a few other things uh, uh, coming uh, in that pipeline. So the, notwithstanding, the world here in Australia, particularly here in Victoria, shut down for the last uh, quarter. Uh, you know, they grew their number of merchants by some 11% and actually transaction values uh, were up some 15%. Uh, percent. Um, also, they were able to increase their loan originations, I think, by around 15%. So generally, when you look at it, it's actually pretty good, particularly when you consider that the Victorian business makes up about 23% um, of all their uh, revenues. Now, they are looking to have some new service offerings coming online shortly, starting with their e-commerce business, which, well, actually they launched that in March, I should say, they should, they already have that out there. Uh, and then there's their Tyro Connect, which is currently in pilot or beta phase, which basically allows them to connect multiple different types of apps that a lot of, you know, retailers and hospitality businesses use and actually connect it to the one point of sale device. So they're really trying to control that whole of life when it comes to uh, uh, their customers. Uh, look, you now enterprise value to revenue is actually quite reasonable. It's around 6%, and as I alluded to, after pay at the Lofty Nosebleed at 24 means you're not paying that much in order for it. What do you have to be worried about? Well, obviously COVID uh, has halted growth, and you can see that in their annual pre- uh, presentation, I think they had it um, their data up until February, <laughs> and then they had their data including the March through to June, uh, period, which is obviously something to be worried about. And of course, you know, these little spot fires that keep ap- appearing in New South Wales, which keeps, you know, everyone on edge, could obviously hinder an ongoing nice flow. And of course, we haven't seen the banks start knocking on the doors of a lot of these companies as of yet asking for their loans to repaid, so be repaid. So that'll be interesting to see what happened because the loan book has actually been really sluggish and that's not surprising given the current environment. So therefore, they've got a little bit Of a headroom to go there. In fact, actually, I think if I saw correctly, the amount of deposits they have is actually double the size of their loan book, which is really unusual for an institution like this. So, in summary, I think it's a good, actually, a good business. And price levels are actually, uh, you know, you're not paying over the odds for the stock, which is good. You'd expect that. So, price levels are probably what's key. David, can you provide some guidance in regards to um, where you might want to set your stops if? Peter and Gary, or Greg, sorry, were brave enough to take a position.
0: I'm glad to hear that they're entering into the world of the internet and, uh, and actually apps and they're agglomerating because my history was, I used to help out my ex-wife who had a medical clinic in Phillip Island and I I was a finance, I had to do the finance guy, of course, it was pro bono stuff for her <laughs> at, um, and tyro caused me a hell of a lot of problems. So you mentioned the word tyro, and I start to get angry because it right. used to blow up all the time on, on us. So, so um, and, and then I get this call in the middle of a webinar to advising my clients says, "Can you come down and help because the thing's blown up?" So yeah. so, so, uh, so I'm glad it is putting itself together. What what goes through my mind there is. Companies in Victoria actually don't need loans anymore. They've got Daniel Andrews and his special loans where he shut down all of the businesses. So that's maybe why Tyro is building up cash, because those companies don't need the money anymore because they just go, hey, Dan, you've hurt me. You've kicked my legs out. You've hit me in the guts. You cut my nuts off. You punched me in the eye. Can I have some money? And Dan goes, oh, yeah, how much? so you know there's something like 1.8 billion dollars he was talking about giving to people that he'd actually emasculated it's a business he'd emasculated so um you know so that's my own issue personally. Sure way. right let's have a look at the let's look <laughs> yeah. over the charts much appreciated because uh, have got a power <laughs> through them got a questions banking up Basically it was born, it was born badly. The, the actual stock was born badly. So what, it, what that means is it was floated in early January, 2020, and then got pulverized shortly after birth as a newly floated IPO. And uh, it only just returned to the highs of a couple of months ago, and then it's faded off. So the volume on the rally was not good. I don't recommend this stock unless you are selling it towards four dollars or buying it down towards one dollar and twenty cents on the on the monthly charts. The weekly charts give us two dollars and twenty-seven cents to about two dollars to about two dollars as a potential ch- target. So at the moment, I'd worry about it later after it's fallen. On the daily charts, and I'll pull pull that up. Um, I'll just grab the, ch- the chart up there so you can have a squeeze at what I'm looking at. Um, So on the daily charts, this is the weeklies at first. So on the daily charts, we can see a a, a rally up towards $3.44 to $3.54 would be perfectly okay. I get worried about it below $3.10. If you are thinking of buying a break above $3.30, have a stop loss below $3.10. Look for $3.44 and $3.54, but in the longer run, I don't really trust it um, that, you know, there are other people like I think Eway is also very good at this uh, electronic payment system uh, things and it can do retail as well as uh, as well as online. So, you know, they're not they're not they're not uh, new, they're not greenfields at the moment. No. There's a lot of competitors out there.
1: Yeah, it's a very, uh, very uh, competitive space, actually, and it's uh, something that you uh, do need to be aware of. Speaking of uh, competition, that'll be uh, related to the next company we cover. Just in preparation, David, HYD will be the next code I ask you about. But for now, a question came from Philip, uh, who asked about uh, connection telematics. Now their code is CXZ. And it's, uh, as the name suggests, it's involved in telematics, which for those that don't know, is a technology whereby you get a little unit and you stick it to the inside of your um, engine bay and basically it keeps sh- shooting out via GPS and the like, all this data through back to home base, which tells you, you know, how fast you're going, um, whether you're braking too hard, uh, you know, whether you're, uh, instead of delivering your products to XYZ place, you're out you know, uh, putting some money on the dish lickers out in Cranbourne. Whatever the case may be, it's used by fleet managers and truck owners, you know, those who own those uh, mass vehicles out there to monitor the behavior of their drivers. And the idea being, of course, that uh, you give them feedback and you say, well, hey, look, if you actually you know, don't hit the brakes as hard at the traffic light, you're actually gonna extend the life of our tires. Now we're not talking about the stuff you see at Bob Jane's. we're talking massive wheels, which cost a hell of a lot of money to change on these trucks. And therefore it adds straight to bottom line if you get your drivers engaged in better uh, driving behavior. So it's, it's quite a good uh, technology. The good thing about the company is that it was profitable uh, and uh, we, and that last update we saw was a big jump, actually over 100%. It actually has an agreement in place with General Motors, GM, uh, which it's always had, but they've actually changed the billing model uh, to now be, uh, again, software as a service, which is recurring revenue, which is really what all these IT companies um, are all about. You'll see that someone wanted a big chunk of this business because that spike in liquidity was not just your mum and dad investor, I dare suggest, or your Robin Hoods, Looks like someone is actually quite interested. The thing you gotta watch though, and this is the same in the telematic space, is that it's very competitive. There's literally hundreds of these guys. Every man and his IT dog is out there doing this stuff. And of course, then you've got the question around driverless cars over the very, very long term, which will render stuff like this useless because of course the cars are all gonna drive themselves and they'll be impeccable. Never going over the speed limit, never braking too hard, always perfect. So, What does that equal at the end of the day? It's a speculative bet. Philip, if you're going to put some money into it, make sure you've got your stop losses and keep them tight. David, Hydrix Limited, HYD, very speculative stock, Christopher notes. And he's waiting for the hype to die down a little bit and therefore would like to know when might be the right time to take a small position in this stock. So HYD is their uh, code, please, David. And uh, I assume he's looking at short term.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. So, um, yeah. Just as just as on that last one connection, very liquid. Only a small, yeah. a small, very tiny, tiny bit of your your yeah. capital should be involved in that sort of company. So I agree with you earlier. Um, so after a big volume breakout, it's wiped out all of the highs, previous highs, a long base. And it's been coming back down after, after uh, basically doing really well in August and generally settled back down to the old tops. So it's gone up, it's come back down to the old tops. So this is a place to have a look, a time and a place to have a look at this stock. And I'm glad you asked. Um, basically, I'd be looking to buy somewhere between $0.35 cents and $0.39 cents in the medium term and uh, with a stop loss below $0.30. Cents. So it's normally done what it does on after a big run up. And basically, um, I don't mind buying it around about the 35 cents area with a tight stop and uh, what's called an LPHR, I call that an LPHR. And if you if you want to have a look at Profithunters.com.au, look up David speak and that will explain it in a lot more detail. If it breaks down below that 30, uh, that 30 cents on the shorter term and 25 cents on the medium term, I'm looking down towards as low as eleven to twelve cents. On the flip side, I'll, I'll put up the charts now for you, uh, if I can get this working for you. Um, on the, on the flip side, a um, get a break above that fifty-four cents area, uh, even fifty-two cents is good for sixty-four cents. Usually, after this big move up we see a lot of confusion. And you can see that trading on the daily charts. It's kind of been up and it's gone, wow, everyone's gotten making some money. And then everyone's thought, well, maybe I should take some profit. And so it's in confused states. Uh, I don't mind it down to 36 cents. A break above that 52 to 54 cents is good looking for 64 cents. It's kind of, you can play the ranges with this at the moment with a, a leaning on the old tops that were sitting back from uh basically you, you can see this the magnitude of the base here the old tops that are sitting on around about um, 39 cents at the moment so down around here it's it's worthwhile having a look okay then so
1: uh next uh, question just to add that here it's the second one from philip uh, who asked about psz which is ps and C Limited, uh, PSZ is their code. Um, it's an IT consulting business with a lot of different strings to its bow. I mean, the good news about its latest result is that it's paid down the debt that it owned the ANZ um, and its Respring acquisition um, is well, that's, you know, looking to, well, unfortunately, <laughs> well, that Respring acquisition is probably what we're waiting for because to be honest with you, um, you know it's expected to record a 30% odd drop in revenue it's not really a scalable business and it's trading in, co- uh, in very tough conditions. So um, it, it is all going to be um, about the Respring acquisition. That's the, the hope you're hanging on in regards to this. It is a speculative bet. Again, uh, Philip, make sure you got your stop losses in place and for your other companies, we'll cover them in future shows as well. Uh, question on the text machine, uh, end of the show, but remember folks in future 0480, um, 0480- 079089 is the uh, number you want to text us uh, to get your questions through. Uh, Medical Developments, Code MVP, uh, the little green whistle uh, uh, manufacturer that helps in uh, uh, managing pain and trauma situations. But of course, its technology is now going out a lot more broader than that and looking at other applications as well. No one doubts the veracity and strength of its technology. In fact, it's been a stock that, you know, in the past I covered and and did so quite, Successfully the stock had a very good run, although since then it's really tapered off somewhat and you can really see it symptomatic in the chart at the minute. If you look at what the analysts are saying, all of them pretty much have them as buys, which generally typically means that it's one of those stocks that's just trailing off the cliff and analysts still acknowledge that it's good, but they sort of shrug their shoulders when they see it pull back um, as it has. The unfortunate reality of this stock is that you've always had to pay through the nose for it. And, you know, at the moment, it's still not achieving that dynamic growth that would justify that per se. I mean, we're talking about just having a little look at my screen here, forecast PEs of in the hundreds, which is not great. Even an EBITDA model are currently sitting at around 70, which, you know, relative to the type of growth they've been able to achieve has been a little bit disappointing. So David, MVP, I don't think there's anyone that argues um, the technology works. It's a great little business. So we're going to have to lean on you here in regards to that price chart. What do you think, uh, what sort of guidance uh, are you able to provide? Anonymous, unfortunately didn't leave their name, when it comes to MVP. That's all right.
0: Okay, um, I was lucky enough that <laughs> I was asked that yesterday by one, one of my Gold, Profit undergroup Group Gold members. So so what I can do is I can show you what I answered yesterday. Um, that was at 12.50, 12.52 yesterday. So I said, basically, it's not likeable in the medium term, but if it's down at $5, give it a whirl longer term with a stop loss at $4.75 and hope for $8 there is a medium term target of $5.39 on the downside. Now, often this doesn't change that much um, and from day to day on the medium term and longer term. So that's why my investors start to look at that and the traders might ignore that. So today's price action, this week's price action doesn't change that. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty well in accordance with you. I might revise that buying area down to four dollars and five cents. I wouldn't be giving it a lot of thought unless it closed above six dollars and fifty cents. Really, it's um, it's 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 something to it's something to wait for till it comes to you into a bargain area. So that's my that's my take on it. Pretty much the same as yours earlier.
1: Thank you, David. Uh, Sharina, who asked about Asia, the ETF. uh, Tune into yesterday's episode. It was actually one of our stocks to see the light on, and that was covered quite extensively. So tune in there, uh, Sharina, and you'll be able to see what our view was in regards to that, which is a great lead into my uh, stocks to see the light on. Again, relative to your own personal risk objectives and investment objective, you need to consider these. Uh, Given you took Boss Resources from me, David, I'll go with another uh, another uh, uranium miner. Let's throw out. I don't so, know, you're Lotus. taking my
0: tips now, Earlier. This is <laughs> no. exciting. <laughs>
1: no, no, no. I actually wrote about it in the AFR a very long time ago, David, so I'll, uh, I'll call that one. But Lotus Resources, <laughs> let's talk about that one. Um, a spin off from Paladin, it owns 65% interest um, in the Kaila Kera project in Malawi. The other 20% is owned by a joint venture partner and 15% by the Malawi government. Uh, now, it's uh, they're a proven producer. Uh, the estimated cost is around 49 million to get it up and running again, but everyone's hoping that it will be uh, cheaper than that. Uh, there are exploration tenements as well that are, and you know, you've got a very supportive government, obviously very keen to see this company uh, succeed. There's been limited exploration actually in the past 20 years in the area with uh, quite a few radiometric anomalies actually being identified, which bodes exceptionally well for extensions on the existing Resource Now, activity at the mine was suspended in 2014, brought into care and maintenance, as they call it. But the the process has been uh, started to get it up and running again as uranium prices have actually uh, rebounded uh, quite a bit. Now, unfortunately, the completion of that date uh, is still a bit uncertain on the back of uh, COVID disruptions. But once uh, completed and once the study is done, it's expected that uh, production will recommence shortly uh, thereafter, therefore, the business is leveraged to what uranium prices do, so watch that. But that's a good little low-cost producer that should get online pretty quickly. The other is a company that announced today, Spirit Telecom. It's also been covered on this program before. The code is ST1. They released their results today, and they were very good. Uh, revenue for the year up 100%. Underlying EBITDA up something like 88 uh, percent and the pleasing thing is that so far this year it has started really strongly we've seen uh, revenue growth or revenues expected to come in at 80 million if they continue at this current run rate which is a significant jump on last year uh balance sheet they got capital because they've just had a uh, raising um, quite recently to fund their uh, ambitious growth plans uh you know generally transactional <laughs> it's going up through the roof in regards to its activity and it's doing quite well and they've got an advertising campaign to uh, hit Melbourne, Sydney, and Brisbane uh, over the next coming quarters. And they've got a strong pipeline of acquisitions. So they're doing exactly what they told us, which is something you wanna see. The price hasn't jumped on the back of that. It's just reaffirmed the belief that investors have had in it. And therefore, ST1 is a stock to see the light on, folks. Well, that's all we have time for everyone today. So I just wanna say thank you to my good mate, David Hunt from the Profit Hunters Group for your contribution this afternoon. Thank you you very much.
0: Thanks, Elia, have a great one. And 61 cents for your Spirit Telecom. See you later. Excellent,
1: I like that target at 39, that's very good. Um, And remember, profithuntersgroup.com.au if you wanna learn more about the services that David offers. Tomorrow, we have another spotty debutant. It's Chris Batchelor, who nowadays is an independent analyst, though many of you will know him as one of the key engineers um, of the old uh, Scaffold uh, program. I'm also trying to get a technical analyst also on board who's also a debutante, but I'm um, still working on that. So stay tuned. Have a look at the website perhaps a little bit later this afternoon. Uh, thanks again to our sponsor, Sharewell Systems. Go to their website, sharewellsystems.com, to learn how they help investors every single day. Thanks, Dicker. Thanks, Mike. Stay tuned for the Ben Robin Robo show. And until tomorrow, I'm Elio D'Amato. You've been watching Spotty, and together we've been shining the spotlight on shares. Take care.
0: Stream us live on the Ticker app, Apple TV, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TickerTV.com.au. Ticker. Streaming news now.